recorded and it will be on YouTube. So guys, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. And we have another wonderful webinar with amazing people. And this, this webinar has been organized by the weekly fasting group, which is uh, an international WhatsApp group that unites people who want to cultivate the habit of fasting once a week. We fast every weekend between 24 and 36 hours. Some people extend it. So, but uh, at least 24 hours. So if, if you're watching this video and if you're not in the group and if this idea appeals to you, below the video, there are my details. I'm the facilitator of the group. My name is Arik and uh, there is my WhatsApp number and just send me WhatsApp message with your name and I will happily add you. In fact, we already have one group which is already full. So I, have, I opened uh, the second group a few days ago and we already have few members there, which is the same content, the same idea. Anyway, so new members, new like-minded people are always welcome. That's about that. And today we have our second webinar with Brett from, this, from the States. Who, hey everyone. Yeah, who has been on the fruitarian path for the last 14 years. And what might be even more interesting for some people, he has been walking barefoot for the last three years, I guess you said, right? Three years now, yeah. A little three years and a month or about. <laughs> Amazing. So, and does it mean three years straight with, with, with never putting shoes on? I mean, there's been a few days that uh, I put shoes on, it, mainly in the first year. Uh, in the first year, I had to adjust my way of walking and also just strengthening my feet. You know, there was a lot of that happening. And there were uh, a couple times then when I would get like a cut or something on my foot. And uh, so I would, there was a few days there that I wore sandals. Mm -hmm. Oh, Brett, uh, um, please, just a moment. Please, please unmute yourself. Sorry, I, I think yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Brett. Um, it, it said that you muted. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, so I just was in the middle of the introduction. I just was, was curious. So, so amazing, yeah, so just, just minor few days with shoes and all the rest without shoes for more than three years. That's amazing. So uh, yeah, Brett, so uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Eric. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so please um, enlighten us about that and about whatever you want to talk, please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. oh, so first I just want to Thank you, Arik, and everyone in the, the group. Again, everyone who is uh, attending today, really appreciate that we can share the time together and connect. Uh, what I'm gonna share about is at, at parts, uh, first of all, it's, I consider it extremely important to speak about uh, valuable, um, topic, something that is, yeah, just, 
just extremely important. Uh, parts of this story, parts of my story, it uh, will touch on some, also some very difficult things to speak about. And, um, you know, that's maybe why I haven't spoken about this stuff more often uh, over the past three years. Uh, but I think it's worth doing. It's very worth doing. Um, because again, it's just, it's just very important and uh, you'll see why. So uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, I'm me, I'm, I'm uh, some guy <laughs> on the planet, just like everyone, just like anyone else, right? <laughs> um, I grew up in the city in Philadelphia. Uh, I enjoy music. I am a professional drummer and singer. Well, most of the time, anyway, <laughs> throughout my life. Uh, as I touched on in my last talk, which is also relevant here, uh, growing up, my father was chronically ill with multiple sclerosis. He uh, had the chronic progressive type, if you guys are familiar with that, maybe some, which means basically he gradually was losing his ability to control his own body as uh, throughout his life. And I witnessed that, I witnessed his gradual decline and his uh, sort of being taken advantage of by people that wanted to sell him various uh, quote unquote remedies for that. And uh, yeah, so when I was 24 years old, uh, after living in a nursing home for 10 years, he, uh, he passed on. And of course, that was both difficult and also uh, inspiring in some ways. It, it, it inspired me to I don't know if inspiring is the right word. It was, um, it benefited me in, in this way that I was moved to, you know, look into, into health and wellness, you know, really find out what is, what are the real causes of sickness and, and health, right? So, yeah, so I started looking into things uh, pretty intensely. I told a lot of that story with regards to fruitarianism and fasting last time. Uh, and just in general, I was looking for what are the real, what's the real story here? You know, so many people trying to just sell each other things <laughs> and that's not all bad but it can be, can make it difficult um, sometimes to trust people, you know? Uh, it's like, well, what is this person trying to sell me? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, you guys can likely relate to that. <clears throat> so, okay, I'm gonna briefly 
rewind that story and then fast forward to three years ago. <laughs> so rewinding, I was a teenager and I spent one month uh, in the woods camping with some people and being, being barefoot the entire time. Uh, I didn't think of it too much at that point, just that's what some other people there were doing and it felt good. Um, my feet were, my feet got very strong throughout that one month time. I was able to walk for longer and longer distances on gravel roads and things like that. Uh, and I just noticed that my sense of well-being was, it's not of course only the barefooting, I was also spending time in nature outside of city. <clears throat> But anyway, so that, that was really nice time I look back on. Uh, and then I went back to the city and it was like, okay, you can't really keep on being barefoot. You're in the city now. <laughs> people aren't barefoot here and it's dirty. At least that's what I had in my mind. That's the message I was getting from people, right? Um, so I stopped. And I started wearing shoes again. And that continued for a long time, for years and years. Um, something that I experienced that uh, I think a lot of people experience. Uh, I used to like to go for long walks. I like to go for long walks. And um, but after a certain distance, my feet would start to hurt. You know, I would go for, I could walk for up to maybe a few miles before I would get this pain in the arch of my foot. And, you know, I could tolerate it for a while, but it would get worse and worse the longer I walked. And I just had in my mind, well, that's, that's enough. You're walking too much. You need to stop and rest. You know, that's your body telling you you've had enough. While it was my body telling me I'd had enough, uh, that's only part of the story I came to learn later. Um, so fast forward to about four years ago and I'm having a get together with my family and my sister gives me a book, uh, well-known book called Born to Run, which you guys may have, some of you be familiar with. Um, and the author of that book is talking about how he was an aspiring runner and how, as is very, very common story, he got so far and then he started suffering injuries and his body, so his, his doctor and so on, People told him that uh, you can't, you, you just, uh, you're not cut out for this, you, you know, and, and so he stopped. And then a little while later, he's on vacation in Mexico. Uh, I forget the area of Mexico. Um, yeah, or <laughs> if you were there, they would probably call it something closer to Mexico. <laughs> Anyhow, 
he's there and he discovers that there's this tribe of people that exist uh, there. They're called the Tarahumara or the Rara Muri. They call themselves the Rara Muri, which means the running people. And uh, other people call them Tarahumara. So they carry both those titles. But they are able to run in a way that is far, far more advanced than, um, than he knew was possible, than I knew was possible. And he goes on to describe this. Uh, they run both barefoot and with these very minimalist sandals that they make out of um, car tires and leather. Um, but, but, okay, <laughs> they run for not, not a few miles, not dozens of miles, but they commonly run for over a hundred miles at a time, like in one go. And I was like, what? <laughs> no way, that's, that's, that's not possible. Uh, so yeah, I was pretty amazed by that and kept reading the book. Uh, the, so the book goes on to just explain how they're able to do that. Uh, it has a lot to do with, it's just their, their culture and their habit. They have survived in a, in a social situation where they basically were able to just run away from threats over the past um bunch of years um so just through practice you know they they've they have these games that they play um the men basically kick around a, something similar to a soccer ball while they run and the women have like these sticks um and they sort of play catch with a hoop while they run uh, but it's just a fun social time basically Um, but one thing that they definitely do not do is wear modern shoes or sneakers. Um, and the book goes into some detail about why that's so important. Uh, how modern shoes actually are really uh, damaging the human body. And so I started to learn about that. The human um, foot. Uh, did you know that a, a a human foot that has never worn um, any kind of footwear? Uh, I've never seen one in person, <laughs> but I've seen pictures of them. There's tribal people out there like that um, in various places. Uh, one one thing that's very different. You see how my hand is. Like, you know, my thumb, it like comes out the side. It doesn't go like this, it comes out the side. Um, human feet are also like that. <laughs> if they haven't been gradually deformed by wearing modern shoes the way all of ours have. Um, there's a tribe in Ecuador called something like the Huarorani people. Um, and uh, yeah, they have feet like that. 
<laughs> they use their toes to pick up things. And uh, so I started to go through this whole process of thinking about that, thinking like, wow, so why, does, why are we all wearing these shoes then? You know, and it's a basic story of money and corruption. Uh, even, I didn't even have to do any further research yet. It's right in that book about how um, these, I don't want to advertise for them, but these big shoe companies, you know, they knew about these kinds of detrimental health aspects when they were coming out with their modern footwear uh, over the past, well, especially the past few decades, but before that as well. They knew about it, but they, you know, they saw money. They saw that it was possible to make some money and they, they, they went for that. Um, yeah, so, okay, so I finished that book and I was pretty struck by it. Um, and I decided to start wearing some sandals that were more similar, basically inspired by the ones that the Tarahumara wear. And uh, I'm a crafty person. I build, I've built thousands of drums in my life that I, and uh, hats and <laughs> different things. Um, so I started, I started working on figuring out how to make some sandals similar to theirs. Uh, sandals that don't cause our, that don't, you know, constrict our toes and make them gradually come together like in ways that is unnatural. And um, sandals that are flat, that don't raise their heel up. If you think about it, like, if you wear, if a person wears footwear that raises the heel beyond the rest of the foot, um, that's not really the way our bodies are designed to balance. So in order to compensate for that, we have to assume an unnatural posture. Um, and I have learned that that is actually largely the cause, that is largely the cause of, um, various chronic, various forms of chronic pain that is much too common amongst human beings these days. Everyone has, uh, pretty much everyone more and more as we get older, um, we start to have Discomfort. I described the discomfort in my foot, and I think that's pretty common among people. Um, there's also discomfort in the, the knees and the hips and the back, causes people to be unable to run in these ways that Tarumara and other, other people on the planet are able to um, without suffering injuries. So, uh, so I'm wearing these sandals. I'm figuring out uh, the these information in this book about how to do it, but it doesn't entirely tell you how. So I had to try and figure it out and do research online. And after a little while, I figured out how to make them. Uh, car tire, 
have to find a car tire that has no metal um, wires inside and you cut that and glue a piece of leather. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, so I wore those and I started getting into running. And in a span of a few months, I went from someone who couldn't run half a block for my whole life without being exhausted um, to gradually someone who could run several miles uh, at a time. Um, I made it up to eight miles as of yet in my, in my uh, you know, not really pushing very hard for distance abilities. Um, anyway, so eight months later, a little before eight months later, maybe seven months later or so, I'm online and I'm just, I discover there are these communities of uh, what's called barefooting groups, barefooters. Um, people that like to go barefoot. And uh, my favorite one, which I will mention, uh, will give a a official reference to is called the Society for Barefoot Living. Um, there's a lot of good information on their website, uh, which I get nothing from, you know, advertising for or anything, which uh, is called barefooters.org. Um, barefooters.org. And uh, anyway, so I'm online and I discover uh, I'm, I'm looking at these groups, uh, reading through different forums and, and stuff. And I notice there's this one guy, Ben, who has been living in New York City and walking barefoot full time for like a while at that point, a year or more than a year. And he's telling his story about how he's he had been fighting this battle with his school that he's uh, that he attends this university in order you know they were trying to stop him from be, being able to walk barefoot. He was there studying to be a physical therapist and all this stuff. And then I start thinking, I'm like, why can't I be barefoot in the city? Um, you know, people say it's dirty or whatever, but. Well, okay, we'll, we'll jump right to some of the, the FAQs about that, which is, that's one of them. Um, people say, well, it's, it's dirty, especially in the city to say it's dirty, right? Um, and my response to that is basically, okay, it's dirty. Yeah, I would like that we would maybe treat this planet a little nicer, especially in the cities, you know, keep things cleaner. But uh, it's still a lot cleaner, I think, to be barefoot than to wear these closed, you know, these things that not only do they cause problems for our posture, as I was uh, talking about, they cause problems for, uh, you know, on, for they're not clean. <laughs> they're these closed, moist environments. And how often, you know, do people wash their shoes? I wash my feet 
on a regular basis. At, you know, uh, how, under, how often do people wash their shoes? People that walk barefoot on a regular basis, uh, and most, most people in those communities don't do it full time. Almost no one does. Um, but they do it a lot more than other people. Uh, people that walk barefoot um, as a lifestyle do not get things like athlete's foot. Uh, it's those kinds of bacterial imbalances sit, you know, they, they, they don't happen <laughs> uh, when your foot is exposed to air uh, as it's designed to be. So there's that. Anyway, um, so after eight months, after learning about some of these things, um, I said, you know what, I'm going to be, I think I want to be barefoot. Uh, I think that it seems that I'm going to have to stand up to some uh, social pressure against it, which for various reasons seems to be there. Um, I had no idea at that point. I mean, I had an idea, but the immensity of that social pressure. Uh, some of the most difficult times of my life and also some of the most rewarding times of my life were soon to be experienced. Um, so I'm deciding I'm going to be barefoot and I, I do it. It feels, I notice it just feels really good. Uh, this was February in New York, mid-February. There was snow on the ground. I was riding the subway and I had this, I had this um, moment of, of clarity and I left the subway and I took off my shoes and uh, I walked barefoot in the snow and it felt so good. Um, it was just like this, this really wonderful moment. Um, yeah, snow, very clean and fresh. And you feel that, you feel the energy going through your body in a way that uh, doesn't happen when we're wearing a piece of rubber, especially um, underneath our foot, which is, you know, one of the main reasons that we use rubber is to block electrical flow. Um, which brings us to the topic of grounding, which, uh, Someone posed this question to me in your group. Um, and I was planning on, you know, talking about it anyway, but um, grounding is a good search term. Um, there's a lot to be found on the internet about, about grounding by not wearing shoes. 
basically the earth, our home, our living other organism that we are a part of. It has a, a frequency. And walking, when we connect with that frequency, we experience what's called grounding, which is a profoundly wonderful thing in my experience. Um, especially, probably more so these days with all this electromagnetic pollution that we have around us. Um, some more than others. We have all these cell phones and things and th that are uh, major health concerns. Um, walking on the ground, especially on the dirt and in nature, but even in the city, um, you just feel much better right away. I, I can't, uh, I mean, I could go on about that a lot, but uh, you know, this talk <laughs> is not going to be three days long. So, okay, so I'm starting to do this and I'm doing it every day. And, uh, you know, my feet start to get a little raw after a moment. And I'm finding myself, I need to rest and I need to gradually strengthen the skin on the bottom of my feet. So it's like I have baby feet. They're super weak from wearing shoes my whole life. And the skin is not used to being on the ground the way human feet are really designed for. Um, and so I'm gradually strengthening that. And as a musician and, and you know, a music teacher and so on, I, I know, you know, I have some knowledge of how to make a plan of, of development uh, and then follow through with it. So I, I'm starting to do this with my feet, with my body. Um, as time goes on, I am noticing my posture is starting to get better in very nice ways. I'm able to stand up straight. Um, able to, my yoga practice of so many years, I'm able to get past these blockages, these uh, walls that I was hitting in terms of back bends and different things, balancing poses, especially. I can only imagine how well, can you imagine how, how well you would be able to balance on one foot? If you had a toe that came out the side, like like a thumb, you know, tree pose and <laughs> would be a whole nother thing then. Um, so simultaneously, I am starting to be introduced to this very concerning issue of you know, it's like, why don't more people do this? Especially with given that there's this best-selling book that I was just talking about 
that so many people have read. I'm like, why aren't more people walking barefoot? Uh, I'm noticing that I'm going into some stores and being told that uh, I'm not allowed to be in there. And there's people looking at me as if I'm not well, like I'm not wearing shoes because I can't afford them. Um, a lot of people in New York, like a lot of people, uh, you know, like it's almost like people just were just staring. And uh, I, I wasn't, I mean, it's not almost like that. That's what it was. Every other person, like every other person, about 50% of people, um, at least, would just stare. And they had no sense of like stopping that stare. That by itself uh, was not anything I was very fond of. Um, and sometimes I would give them looks back. I'd be like, you know, I'd give them these, I went through all different phases with it. I'd give people kind of mean looks, like stop looking at me like that and stuff like that. And there was shops that uh, would not let me in and uh, tell me I had to leave. I learned through my online um, communities that there are defenses that people are starting to put into play against these things, um, which were practices that I had to start practicing. I had to start getting better and better at uh, dealing with these things, which I've gotten much better since then, three years now. Um, it's much easier now, but, uh, along the way, uh, you know, there was, I had someone come up behind me and throw their soda at me. It's an assault. Um, there's one shop and one grocery store owner or manager, uh, employee. I went in there and uh, he said, oh, you're, you're gonna have to have some shoes come in here. And this was about one year. Well, I'll come back to that one because that was the most difficult one. Um, there was another time I was on a road trip and I was traveling through, um, it was, yeah, I was in Georgia. I was on the way back from Florida. And, um, and I went into a shop and I bought some food. And then I went back in afterwards. Uh, I was going to get something else. And the employee woman says, uh, you know, you have to leave. You can't be in here without shoes. And I said, well, may I discuss this with you? Um, and, uh, and she just sort of was really, really uncomfortable uh, and she wouldn't talk with me or anything. And, um, and I just kind of paused for a minute and then she calls her boss and she tells her boss and I'm like, 
refusing to leave. And I'm like, I'm not refusing to leave. I'm simply asking if I can discuss with you this issue. And then I left. But, uh, you know, it's not pleasant. You know, can you imagine what that feels like when people start treating you this way? Uh, and then I came to find out that, uh, well, I'll go back to the other story first, the, the other part of the story. Um, so I arrived back in, in uh, Philadelphia, my home, my uh, place of birth. Um, it, I had been living in New York for a bunch of years, but you know, Philadelphia is where I'm from. And I went to this grocery store that uh, I had grown up shopping in a couple, couple blocks away from my mom's house. And this guy uh, says to me, you know, you, you can't be in here without shoes. And, um, and I said, well, may I discuss this with you? And I'm, I'm starting to, at this point, this was a year into my full-time barefooting. Uh, and, um, and he says, uh, you need some shoes. And I said, may I discuss this with you? I was, you know, getting a little bit better at the, um, some of the, the techniques that, uh, that I've been taught for doing, for, for, you know, dealing with these kinds of encounters and, and in order to work towards making a better world for other people that, you know. So anyway, this guy, he says, you need some shoes. And, and I said, uh, you know, may I, may I talk with you about this for a minute? And he just basically just like, no, you know, you have to leave. And, um, and I didn't like the way that was and was happening. And so I decided to try the strategy of uh, doing what some people successfully do, which is to pull out your cell phone and call the corporate office of whatever business you're in and ask them while you're in there, uh, do you have a policy against barefooting? Um, so I'm starting, I'm starting to do that. And this guy comes running at me. He comes running at me, physically running at me. Um, and so I decided, oh, horn. <laughs> uh, well, and decide, I, I, I uh, ran out of the store. <laughs> uh, it wasn't very, at this point, I'm a somewhat experienced runner and a pretty balanced human as a barefooter that, uh, you know, it was pretty easy to physically run from him, but still, you know, that got my adrenaline going and it just, I'm like, what is, what is going on here? This is crazy. Um, and then I turn around at the front door and, uh, and he's standing there at the front door, like this fuming, frustrated human being with whatever he's got inside of himself going on. And I just said, uh, 
put my two hands up like this and I just said, gently, calmly, I said, please, looking him right in the eye. And then he slams the door. And uh, yeah, that was no fun. Um, I came to find out that these signs that people that exist around the country uh, that in some shops, especially in certain places uh, in the south, on the other side of that line, whatever it's called, it divides the country um, from, from north to south. Um, anyway, there are these signs that say no shoes, no shirt, no service, uh, but there's no legal um, backing for that. There's, there's zero legal backing. It's, it's no, uh, it's 100% legal in this entire country to be barefoot, thankfully. Um, it's legal to drive barefoot. Um, but still there's these signs and there are people that think that it's against the law and that they are totally justified. You know, when those signs appeared, um, I've learned it was around the sixties and they were a replacement for earlier racist signs that used to be in the windows. that say things, said things like uh, no Mexicans, no blacks, no Jews. Anyhow, so uh, I could go on about that. I could um, get all really, really emotional about it, but I'm going to pause that there. I'm going to, you know, control my emotions a bit. Maybe it would be good for this video to make the point to go on and, and let the tears come out, but um, not right now. So let's move forward a little bit. Um, my brother suggests, my brother uh, hears about this and he says, well, you don't need to be a total martyr here. Um, You don't need to be a martyr here. Maybe you want to make some sort of uh, something that you can put on your feet where you still get the, the health benefits of being barefoot, but you don't have to make your life so difficult as you've been for the last year. As, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be a challenge, but you know, that, that year, that first year was very, very challenging. I never experienced anything like it. Uh, I suspect that I lost my job at the, uh, the university that I was working at as musical accompanist at the time. Um, they didn't tell me that reason. They didn't cite that as a reason, but you know, I had recently put in a request uh, to be given what's called reasonable accommodation. Um, to go to work barefoot 
And they granted me the permission and then they stopped asking me to come to work. Uh, and this was in a dance school. So I thought it was, I thought they would be more understanding of that. It's just funny, they, they all are barefoot in the classroom, but yet you have to put on shoes to go to the, into the hall and uh, go to the bathroom, <laughs> whatever, it's completely ridiculous. Uh, but it's, yeah, I just, that's how I learned how big of a deal some of this stuff is and how, how insane uh, society is about some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I kept going. So, so my brother had suggested this footwear. Um, and so I started looking into it. And of course, I wasn't the first one to think of it. There was various designs online, these types of shoes, uh, types of footwear. Uh, I've learned that the uh, <laughs> one subtle way around some of these, these, this red tape is to prefer the definition of shoe that is to be found, which is a covering for the foot. So uh, I made my first design of a type of shoe. Well, first I tried to buy this type of shoe that someone was selling, uh, but it didn't work very well for me. It, it covered the top of the foot, most of the top of the foot, but not the bottom of the foot. And you could still tell if you looked, um, you know, what was going on. Um, but at a glance, it looks like you're wearing sandals or shoes. Um, so that, you know, that made it a lot easier. Uh, I didn't, they didn't work for me, those ones. And so I returned them and I started working on designing my own. Uh, when that has evolved through time uh, to what I currently wear, which is these. Um, they are a piece of recycled leather, goes around the one toe, either the third toe or the second toe, um, <laughs> second toe. Uh, and then they attach to a piece of string that goes around the back, ties a knot, and then comes around the front where there's a, a bow tied. Uh, and there's nothing on the bottom. There's, aside from this loop here that goes around the toe, nothing on the bottom. So they're as healthy as being barefoot. And uh, they take the pressure off some. Well, that, you know, really, I'd rather just not wear anything, but. <laughs> uh, the various factors in life mold us into what we are, right? Internally and externally. <clears throat> Uh, I also make these for people sometimes. Uh, if you want to inquire about a pair of them, feel free to email me at brettcohensounds at gmail.com, B-R-E-T-C-O-H-E-N-S-O-U-N-D-S at gmail.com. Um, anyway, so now I'm starting to wear these shoes and uh, that helps take the pressure off. Please write the Gmail. Um, okay, yes. 
uh, we can include that in the the uh, show notes later. Absolutely, it will be in the description below the video. Okay, thank you, Ark. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's see here. Uh, Ark, can you tell me how long I've been talking so far? Uh, it's been um, it's been something like fifty uh, around fifteen minutes. We are we have unlimited. Time, so please, uh, and it's uh, super, super interesting and fascinating what you're saying. So please go on. Don't thank limit you. yourself. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so, uh, and I start learning, you know, in my spiritual practice, uh, you know, challenges in life, when something is difficult, that thing, that event is valuable. It is potentially, uh, it is, if we feel emotional upheaval, if we feel uh, challenged by different things, including all of these events, uh, that, is, that is a potentially, all these events that, I'm, that I've been talking about, um, that is potentially, a bridge. It is a. Um, it is a event that shows us something inside of ourselves that is there, that can then be examined. And if it wasn't for those events, we might not have had that opportunity. So, in that sense. All of these difficult events are also wonderful blessings um, that I'm very appreciative of. You know, we, we go through life and we, we say, uh, we, we experience challenges. And um, I think one of the most wonderful realizations that I ever had is, is this one. Because once we once we come to know these, that, once we come to know this, uh, we're much more empowered. It's no longer like if, if this person would only do this and if only that person would not do that, then my life would be great. You know, then it's, it would come to realize like, well, these events, it, uh, not only are they opportunities for self-reflection that are presenting themselves, um, it just, it takes, it, it, it empowers us. We, we can now look at these things. It's not our, um, how to say this? Much of our, our difficulties in life are not, are not the events themselves but the way that we experience the events, the way it's our thoughts about the events. Um, like two people driving and they both get cut off by someone, you know, uh, turning the corner, right? And like one person gets all pissed off, like, oh, you know, someone gets all pissed off by that. And the other person doesn't, they're just wave it off. Oh, you know, 
first. Um, they, they're not upset by it. And so therefore, uh, if these two people are both experiencing the same event, but, but responding differently, then is it really the event itself that is causing their response? Or is it something else? So, you know, these kinds of, of um, things are, I think are, uh, in my experience, some of the most important. Everyone's, we're on our own journey in life. It, it's, maybe this is something that you, you've known for a long time, or maybe it's as significant to you also. Uh, but to me, it, it's, uh, you know, this stuff is, is very much about doing these kinds of practices. Um, you know, as time goes on now, I've gradually gotten to a point where I can walk into a shop <clears throat> and I get more and more sort of Jedi mastery, masterish about it. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if someone says, excuse me, sir, but the other day, uh, someone I walked into was one shop and, and I heard, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, oh, there's this again, <laughs> you know? And I didn't get all like frustrated and, and just full of, of unstable energy inside of myself. Uh, it's generally the person coming up to you, to the, to the barefooter, they're not gonna understand why you're so upset. They don't, they don't know what you've been going through all this time or whatever it is, or the person who is unusual for whatever reason. Um, or especially a person who is unusual in a way that is officially, it's considered by society, it's okay to discriminate against that person. Um, anyway, this, they, they came up, this, this woman comes up to me and says, excuse me, sir, uh, you have to wear shoes to be in here. And I said, oh, oh these are shoes. You don't like my shoes? <laughs> you know, and, and, and I said it with a whole different tone of voice and she was, it's like, she didn't know what to do, I, I, you know. And I just walked up to her slowly, calmly. I said, may I show you my cards, my self-defense cards? And hopefully this won't take a lot of time because I don't have a lot of time. And I have these two cards that uh, I've printed out that, are, that uh, are available online for people like myself to defend themselves in situations like this. Uh, one of them is a legal card that, that um, just states my legal rights and uh, there's, you know, what the laws actually are. And the other one is, um, is uh, just more of a general statement about barefooting. And then I also generally, I'll sometimes point out to people, as, as I just described, uh, these are shoes. The definition of shoes is a uh, covering for the foot. <laughs> and um, so there you go. Uh, you doesn't... You know, there, there may be in there when I'm still leave. And then I just leave, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I'm not following your dress code. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's that, there's that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, as time got, has gone on, my posture, my overall strength is just so much better so much i mean 
I'm sitting right now and it's not so easy to stand. I, I would show you guys my posture is just much better, um, but I just have to take my word for it. It's, it's far, far better than it used to be. I can walk. Uh, I haven't been running lately. I would have to run. Uh, I was in, I was helping a friend in Maryland for a while and it was cold. Um, so I haven't been running, but I can walk nowadays basically as long as I want to. I can, I sometimes will walk from early morning until the evening time without stopping or without stopping for more than a moment. Um, and my feet never hurt. I have a, developed a completely different way of walking, which is what needs to happen when we, you know, it's like a, if you learn to play drums with sticks and then you want to learn to play hand drums, it's, um, it's, a, it's a very different instrument that uh, needs to be learned. Of course, some things are the same, but um, so it's just, it's been a profound, profound change. Um, and I hope that moving forward that the world may start to be more accepting. The world is more accepting of, of people being barefoot in some places, but not in any of the places that I live um, in uh, and that I have visited through the last three years, New York City, um, Maryland, um, Philadelphia, and Florida. <clears throat> Interestingly, I, you know, I was surprised. I thought Florida would be a little bit more easygoing because it's warm there. But uh, no, <laughs> uh, down Florida and Georgia is actually some of the more difficult run-ins I've had with people. Um, and the easiest place that I found was I visited a friend in Vermont, which is north. It's, you know, all the way the northern end of the U.S., if you don't know. It's, um, which is a much colder climate year round. But uh, yeah, I visited there during that first year, not even wearing my uh, bottomless shoes. Um, and yeah, I just felt much less pressure. A lot of people would just walk and not even notice or think anything of it. That was very nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm gonna look at my little, my notes here, see if there's anything I'm forgetting that I wanted to talk about the questions. Oh yeah, a couple of things. Um, so we touched a lot on the social aspects and the, yeah, the various social aspects. Heat and cold. Uh, I have been a, a, a yogi, a, a person who practices yoga, um, which is basically just means various, various methods for well-being, for connection. Um, and one of those is uh, a series of more esoteric methods um, that I sum up as inner heat yoga. Um, 
Inner heat yoga is techniques for being more in control of the, the body's thermostat, being able to turn up and up the heat and up the cooling more so than is uh, common around here. Um, there are people out there that are more advanced than me that, you know, these, there's these Tibetan monks, for example, that they have these annual um, these, these competitions with each other uh, where they sit in the snow naked and see who can melt like a bigger circle around their, their body. <laughs> um, and uh, there's different, there's different uh, examples of this kind of thing around the world that I've been practicing and sort of fusing into my own version of it all through for a bunch of years before the barefooting. Um, so when people sometimes, uh, I have spent two, I have spent um, two plus a fraction of one winters um, barefooting in the winter in New York, which can go down. Uh, I, have, I have walked barefoot in temperatures as low as eight degrees Fahrenheit at the coldest, personally. Um, uh, one of the people that helped me with, with developing these abilities, someone that reached out to me, I was on the internet, uh, said that he's been full-time barefooting in Canada for over 20 years, um, where it goes down to as low as negative four degrees Fahrenheit. I'm sorry, I don't know the, the conversion into Celsius. Um, but anyway, and then he likes to help other people that are on a similar path. Really nice guy, his name was Brandon. I was gonna uh, try to invite him to this webinar today, but I didn't get to do that. Um, anyway, he basically, you know, he explained to me, uh, he explained to me about this tribe of people similar to the Tarumara, the Mexican tribe that I mentioned. There's another tribe um, of people called the Seri, spelled S-E-R-I, Seri something, S-E-R-I, uh, in the Gulf of California in Mexico. Um, and they, up until very recently when they became civilized, were known for being very advanced runners, similar to, but actually surpassing the Tarahumara in speed and, and distance. The, um, the record, by the way, of the Tarahumara running um, in one run, I just wanna throw in there is 435 miles. That's the distance from uh, New York City to Cleveland, Ohio, if you're it, it, 435 miles. Anyway, uh, so he's telling me about the, the Seri and how um, they were known for running faster or just, you know, we don't have to compare people, but they ran faster to the faster uh, even than the Tarumara. Um, they generally were more 
in the desert uh, and I guess more along the, the coast. Um, they had something that was called a steri boot, which is uh, basically a thick callus that they developed on the bottoms of their feet and on the tops of their feet and all the way up to their knees. Um, the purpose of this callus or boot was to withstand heat and thorns. Uh, they were known for running in hot sand up to 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, they could do that and running through thorny bush as well. That's why, you know, up to the knee. And he said to me, I'm showing you this and I wanna tell you that it's also possible in the other direction of being in the cold uh, and that you basically just have to be in the cold uh, as it starts to get cold each year, just go outside for um, at least a half hour and your body will acclimate uh, through time, you know, like, a, like, like developing a muscle, developing whatever skill. And that made sense to me. And that's, that's what I did on top of my various other techniques. Uh, there are meditations, visualization techniques um, that relate, that, that, that uh, are, are part of my practice for not only existing in the cold, but now walking barefoot in the cold. And I will add actually, in my experience, it's easier. Uh, it became easier to, to do this uh, since I started barefooting. My feet, you know, people say, oh, aren't your feet cold? Aren't your feet cold? But I honestly have said to a bunch of people, um, they used to be a lot colder when I used to wear shoes. <laughs> I used to wear regular type shoes um, because I didn't have as good circulation then. Uh, it's always has been and still is my hands that are the hardest part to keep warm um, in when I'm in the cold. Um, and anyway, yeah, I still end up having to hide from the, the cold weather in order to practice my music and things. Um, so I tend to prefer the warmer climates more recently, but for a couple of years there, I was like, Mr. Tough Guy, like, let me see how, how uh, strong I can be in developing these, these things. Um, in, as a yoga teacher uh, and health coach and things, that's one of the things that I offer as well. Um, you know, so if anyone listening is, is wanting to ask me about that, you're welcome to email me about it and I'm happy to uh, offer guidance. Um, yeah, so also the heat, I've never been in the 180 degrees, <laughs> like the Seri, but the, in the city, the pavement can get pretty hot. Um, you know, and the asphalt can get pretty hot in the summer. Um, and, but you can similarly acclimate your, your body to that. It, it can be used also actually you know, gradually expose the bottoms of your feet to more and more heat. And that, that actually encourages more callus to form, um, which can, 
you know, some, some barefooters want more callus because it's, it's good. It's, uh, <laughs> makes your feet strong. You can, you know, basically it's the callus as well as the just learning how to walk the way the human body is really designed as I see it. Uh, those are the skills, you know, that, um, that come up that are to be developed uh, for a person that maybe wants to live. Uh, obviously, that's not what it's not what a lot of people want to do right now, and that that's fine. Um, but those are the abilities that that um, are to be developed. Um, it it it's the developing the callus and just learning how to walk. You know, learning how to feel the ground as you walk. When you, if you feel something sharp, something that potentially was going to cut you, you, you don't walk into it. You know, some people say, "Oh, I could never do that because, you know, it's what about glass and what about this and that." And I'm like, yeah, well, that I cut myself, as I mentioned, a couple times when I first started uh, in the first year. Um, but not anymore. I don't. It doesn't happen. Never. Um, it's like when you're walking. And you see a tree. Do you walk into the tree or do you walk around the tree? <laughs> you know, um, walk around the tree. Okay, so that's that. Uh, there was a question. There was a question also. Um, when I spoke about grounding. I think someone in your group read grounding and they they were thinking grounding more in a general sense, um, you know, which I will address. That, that's not really the type of grounding that I meant. Um, I meant more, as I explained, I meant more the, the physical, energetic, electromagnetic type of, of grounding um, that relates, but it's all connected. It's it grounds the energies, it gives us a, an experience spiritually and, and so on. Um, other techniques for that type of spiritual grounding that, that was being asked that I do, um, I mean, meditation, you know, it's meditation is, is a word that means so many different things and with the age of the internet that we're in and the, the, uh, the age of abundance of information, it's, it's almost meaningless in a sense, you know, because three, 10 people you ask, they give you 10 different answers about what it means. But what I mean by meditation, um, there are various types and, and there is meditation, um, there are grounding types of meditation. Finding a point of focus. And just, I'll just briefly, you know, touch on that. Finding a point of focus, whether it's observing your own breath, going in, going out, and fixing the mind on that. And gradually, uh, you know, gradually practicing the ability to not be swayed and, you know, as the mind inevitably 
inevitably wants to sway and think about something else. We just gently move it back, move it back to the point of focus. Uh, and eventually maybe getting to a point where it doesn't sway anymore, which is a very nice experience. Um, very peaceful. It's, you know, because we're, we're so much of us, definitely myself included, it can be challenged by like, there's just so much to think about, so much to do and try to figure this out and that out. And, you know, it can be nice to take a break from that or maybe even get to a point where we, you know, only we say, well, I have things I need to think about, Probably, you know, situations that need to be resolved and plans that need to be made. But I'm going to, I'm going to spend five minutes a day not doing that or, or practicing not doing that. Maybe I'll work up to one hour a day, or maybe I'll work up to, I'm only going to spend one hour a day thinking about those things uh, at all. Um, these are all potential things that are about, these are all potentials that we have um, as people, what, you know, anyone that wants can choose to look into that or can choose something else, right? <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, okay, so yeah, that's uh, some of what I do for grounding, among other things. Um, <clears throat> and then one more question before we let's we can open up to uh, questions that maybe people that are here now uh, on this call. Uh, there was a question about putting your feet um, in water. I'm not sure if it was a question or if it was just a someone sharing, this is what I do that I think is nice. Um, they, 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 were, they were talking about putting your feet in water and because the water is connected everywhere around the planet to itself that you connect everywhere on, around the planet um, by putting your feet there. And yeah, it's really nice. Um, I also enjoy that. I think it's a similar topic to just grounding in general though. Um, air is also like liquid. It, it moves, it's basically uh, a less dense form of water. Uh, it's about, water is about four, four or five times, I think, heavier and denser than air. But other than that, it behaves pretty similarly. Um, there's a movie that a friend of mine recommended to me a while ago. It's really good called, um, it's a French film. It's called La Belle Verte. Uh, La Belle Verte, which is in English would be something like the beautiful green or the green beautiful, the beautiful green things, <laughs> something. Um, anyway, there was this advanced humanoid race uh, that basically was existing in a time that's about 2000 years beyond where when they had experienced a time that's kind of like ours, where people used to 
uh, fight each other and have machines that polluted the air and, and, uh, you know, they, they had moved on to a time that to me was really nice. They, they were very in tune, able to communicate telepathically, uh, with each other. Um, they all lived outdoors in these nomadic tribes that walked on the earth and, um, you know, everything was green plants everywhere. Um, but they sometimes would visit earth um, and try to help us along our, our journey that we're in. Um, and so this one woman volunteered to visit earth and, uh, and she goes to earth and she notices that she's not able to telepathically communicate with her home planet uh, because of, I guess, the, the electromagnetic pollution that we have here um, was blocking her, was blocking it. So what she did was she went and uh, she would put her feet in water. And uh, that's how she was able to get a better connection. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, you know, I thought it was nice and it relates to this question. Um, you, know, you also mentioned sitting at the foot of a tree and connecting, sitting barefoot at the foot of a tree and connecting with the tree and the roots. And yes, I also very much enjoy doing that. Some people even will sit and lean against the tree that's kind of inclined like 70 degrees back and uh, sleep and or meditate that way. I have yet to develop the ability to sleep sitting up, but I think that would be a nice thing to be able to do. Okay, um, thanks for listening. And uh, let's open up to to uh, some comments, questions. Okay, so first of all, thank you very, very much, Brett. It was fascinating, so, so inspiring and interesting. We have a question from Ravi on the chat here. He says, hi, Brett, just wanted to ask a question. I have been practicing grounding since a year. I've heard that it's not good to walk on grass because it may lead to energy drain. Is it true? I walk on soil and rocks. Kindly explain. Hi, uh, Ravi, right? Ravi. Hi, Ravi. Thanks for the Yes, question. yes, it's Ravi. I've been practicing uh, grounding since a year, Brett. It's nice to hear from you. I hope I'm not interrupting the session. No, um, no. you're adding to it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Eric. Uh, of course. Good to see you. Of course. Namaste. Thanks. Namaste. Uh, uh, Namaste. So, uh, two queries here, uh, my dear Brett. Uh, I've been practicing grounding. I walk for an hour on uh, on the soil, uh, and sometimes on the rocks. Uh, you know. Uh, so, two things here. Uh, the first thing is, uh, I heard that uh, the energy gets drained when we walk on the wet surface. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, when the particularly in the monsoons, they're the place I love, uh, it's very foggy here. So when the surface is uh, wet, 
they say that uh, the electrical charge which the body emits you know so the energy with the cosmic energy which we absorb through various practices it it gets drained that's the first thing i heard and the second thing grass being a living being uh, which again absorbs the cosmic energy from the sun so because we are solar beings as well so when we walk on the grass i heard that uh, the energy gets drained here so this is the second query which i have so kindly please share your experience and your valuable insights thank you thanks for thanks welcome. for yeah yeah please please go ahead welcome yeah good to hear your your voice i can feel your heart um i have not had the experience that walking on the grass is draining at all um i i carry the value of ahimsa of uh peaceful living nonviolence you know in um in my life so you know if i had the choice of walking on grass or walking on rock then maybe the rocks a little nicer so i don't have to disturb the grass but i have not felt any sort of drain in that way uh but i i mean i invite you that you might like to just explore this for yourself and see what your experience is because i can tell you one thing and someone can tell you another thing and someone else can tell you something else and you know it's uh we each have our experience um we each have our experience does that make sense Are you still there Ravi? Ravi? Yes, 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 but I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, does does that make sense to you? Yes, uh, uh actually uh I sometimes walk on dry grass so I'm not sure because the one who guided me he insisted upon this so I'm not sure what to believe so I'm just continuing to practice this. so whatever you said made really really made sense to me yes mm yeah i hear you i hear you um yeah there's i mean there's a famous saying that uh was supposedly from well it doesn't matter who 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 said it but it's um is just uh you know don't don't take my word listen to what i'm saying but but uh don't just accept it any of it as true just uh you know check it out for yourself and and see if it's true you know uh i think that's a really nice way <laughs> yeah so thank thanks for having yeah um back, yeah yeah thank you brett and um uh can you of course i've been i also read that uh, you are of course a fruitarian so can you just share that a couple of lines about your experience about your fruitarian life or your vegan life sure well, how, it, how it helped in your spiritual uh, dimensions how it helped you in transcending your spiritual dimensions it helps in ways that uh, i can not put into words it very profound um it is the experience of eating food without the need to harm another sentient being whether it is plants or animals um i have 
Well, the, there's another talk that I gave recently, um, which you can find on on Rx's channel um, or on my my uh, podcast, Echo Thirteen, um, sure. which where I go very extensively into this. Um, but yeah, it, it to me that's the main thing. That's the number one thing is the uh, the ethical side of it. Um, but also just on a, on a level of personal health, um, you know, for a person that for whatever reason might not have that find the same kind of meaning in, in, um, what I just said, uh, th there's also levels to, of personal health, um, which are huge. Um, fruit has, fruit is made to be food it's maybe the only thing that is made to be food for us as opposed to us taking it and making it food, but it really was designed for another purpose. Um, and uh, so it's in the plant's best interest to make that a good quality food for us. Uh, and that way, you know, traditionally we can help it, we can help the plant to spread its seed around, um, which is, you know, sort of the job that humans and other uh, seed spreading type animals have done fruit bats and and so on um, so it it's it's uh, a good quality food how is it a good quality food for us well um, well you know anyone that eats 100% fruit for at least a month will have firsthand experience to know um, beyond what anyone else claims, um, but I can I can tell you my experience. Um, uh, it's a journey of mind mastery. We have to let go of habits that are much more deep seated than other types of addictions, um, like cigarettes and um, sex. I think food is is uh, tougher than those. Much tougher. Um, it's completely ingrained in, in society. It's a little bit easier than barefooting on one level because if you walk down the street, people don't know generally what you eat, <laughs> but they see if you're wearing shoes or not, <laughs> you know? So it's easier on, on that level. <laughs> um, but but fruit, fruit has very little earthly matter. Um, so for, so you eat only fruit for a long enough period, you'll notice you will start to have less and less poop um, to the point where you have almost none after a couple months. Um, and that's, that's how much less earthly matter in fruit. It almost completely dissolves inside of you. It's almost completely water. And what is not water, it just magically, mysteriously dissolves and it does not come out the back the way we're used to. Um, I've never personally gone yet more than three and a half months eating 100% fruit without any slip up. Um, you know, that's where I'm at in my journey um, with the mental mastery. Um, uh, you know, if so I imagine uh, if and when I get to a point when I could go longer than that. 
you know, I might go from only needing to to uh, poop once every few days to like once every couple of weeks or once a month or not even ever. That might happen from eating fruit, um, from eating only fruit. And that's real. That's something that I can, I can tell you I have experienced myself. It's not something that I've heard uh, people claim, you know, and just read about. Um, and, you know, that's just imagine how much easier of a time your body is having um, that way. And um, yeah, another, I'll just say one other thing. Um, another thing that happens is you lose completely any offensive odor um, in the body and also any um, offensive odor in anything that comes from the body. Um, it's, it all just smells sweet like fruit um, and like human, um, you know, human smells that, but they're not like you can literally like, and it doesn't smell bad at all after a while, after the body gets clean enough. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's some of it. It's, it's a huge topic. And uh, I invite you to, if you're curious about it, it's a really, really um, great thing to look into, you know, if you, if that's what you want for yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Love and blessings. Uh, uh, Love and uh, Thank you, Mr. Arik Bai. Love you a lot. Uh, thanks for organizing this. Thank you so much. And it's my, it's my pleasure to serve. Lots of love, lots of love. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, Devendri, you want to ask a question? Yes, I just want to uh, thank you, Arik. Thank you, Brother Brad. Om Shanti. And um, I just want to add that uh, we need to listen to our body. Each one is unique in the earth, even for fasting, even for walking barefoot. Uh, mm. Just to reply to Brother. Um, Ravi also, because I used to walk on grass every morning, very often, I would say, mainly when I, I'm fasting, and early morning when the grass is wet, and I can feel the energy for the whole day, no need to have food, nothing. So I do think that each one of us need to listen to the need of our own body. And also experience is very difficult to put in words. I understand your reply, you see. When we try to put words on experience, it's reduce the experience. You know, in every aspect of life, even for the fasting, you know, uh, soft dry fasting or liquid fasting or whatever fasting, we just need to be in harmony with our body also, and listen, taking into consideration our age, our pathologies, what is really our need. And we must do it with our heart, not just only with our intellect. Mm. I don't know what do you think about it, uh, br Brother Brett. It is very, very interesting what you are talking about the barefoot. And I just want to ask you, since you have started walking barefoot, 
Have you realized that the energy level in your body uh, has been increasing? And the frequencies and your frequencies with another individuals is get, uh, has been improving. That is my question about the frequencies of your own body and the vibration of other people who are not barefoot walker. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how do I say your name? Is it Davendri? Davendri, yes. Davendri. Yes, thank you. Um, I really agree strongly and appreciate what you're sharing about listening to the self, listening to ourselves and our, our bodies and entire selves. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, about the about the energetic rise, the rise in frequency, you might call it, since since barefooting full time. Um, um, it's it's a, I guess it's a two-sided answer um, because where I live, most people don't go barefoot. And as I was describing, there's a, there's a huge social challenge around it, associated with it that uh, I've, had to, I've had to discover and go through. Uh, thank you, Saraswati, I'm reading your message. Um, so on the one hand, Yes, my energy has, my frequency has gone up. It's just been a huge help in, on my journey and, and with the things that I'm, that I'm working towards. Uh, you know, I just enjoy life. It's just life is so much better barefoot in my experience. <laughs> you know? Um, you are right. It's true. Yeah, you agree. <laughs> yeah. I love your smile. <laughs> um the uh and but then on the other hand it's just with all the social pressure to to wear shoes where i live it's 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 almost like they they uh they clash with each other you know these two aspects of my experience because it can be so much sometimes like you know yesterday i was dealing with some of the the more difficult sides of of this whole experience. And, and I had a moment of just not even wanting to give this talk today. You know, I was, uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm really, you know, maybe just don't do it right now. You don't have to. Um, but, it, but it's important. It's an important thing to share about and it can help people. And so we should do it, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't, that really answers your question very well, but <laughs> some of them, um, some of kind of the, you know, I guess the thoughts that come up around it. Yeah, um, does that, how is that for a, a response? Yes, yes, I think that it is a big challenge for you to deal with uh, people when you are not the same as all the society is uh, telling about barefoot. Why I'm telling you this? Because when I walk in the forest, I used to remove my shoes, you know, on mountain top. And mm. people laugh at me and they say, oh, what do you think? You're walking in the sea? So I don't care about it. And on a mountain, people used to 
wear very big shoes, you know, mountain shoes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the mountain boots, very heavy. But when I am on top of a mountain, I used to remove even small shoes, and mainly during, uh, during summer. So that's why I was asking you. People must laugh at you or <laughs> take you for someone who is not uh, <laughs> common. Yeah, you get all things that a lot of people are looking at you as if you're doing it, as I mentioned, because you're not well. And that's that's some energy to like deal with uh, because it's just that's what they're putting out. And you feel that or I feel mm -hmm. that, um, you know, they're yeah, they're directing that that energy. Um, it must have been really nice to how, how high of a mountain did you climb? I have yet to climb a very high mountain and be barefoot, only about 2,000 feet. I don't know how many meters that is, uh, 800 meters or so, 700 meters. Something like meters. that, yeah. Something like yeah. That, yeah. I, I used to go um, every during summer or in, during spring, oh, 2,300 uh, feet. Okay. Then, yeah, very high level. And, we, and uh, we are planning to go for a walk also nearly 70 kilometers, something like this. And then mm. just walking in the month of May. Nice. So, no, I'm very um, fond of nature. And you know, when you go to some trees and then you embrace them and then you hug the trees and then you ask them for some energy, it's very, very inspiring on a frequencies level, on a very high level of vibration. It, it very much so is. Trees are some very advanced beings. They're, uh, yeah, uh, we don't, we, we have our experience of it. There's not too much to say, right? But I recently learned that rice has a lot more genes than humans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I, while I'm thinking of it, there's, there was a main point that I, I wanted to make um, and share with you guys um, that I forgot to, to mention, uh, which is just a lot of people, I, I think that a huge amount of the benefit that I've gotten from what I've been doing um, could only have happened if I was, if I was doing it full time. Um, if I was being barefoot some of the time and wearing shoes some of the time, then I'm giving my body mixed messages. Like, um, you know, it's like if you put clay into a mold and then you, the next day you put it into another mold and you keep going back and forth from one mold to the other, it doesn't know what to do, what shape it's supposed to take, take on. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe that, that's more a message that I should be trying to skillfully bring up, but trying is not, I don't, that's not my favorite word. I should, that I would like to uh, skillfully bring up more in communities of where people are walking barefoot. Um, but anyway, it's just, it's something I've thought about. Um, yeah, so Dave and G, yeah, that's awesome that you've climbed these, these high uh, mountains. That's something I wanna do a lot more. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so if there's, do you have anything else to uh, to to share or, or ask or, or um, 
Shall we move on? So oh, I don't. Please, please unmute yourself. Okay. You can share. Okay. I'd like to thank you so much, Arik, and also Brother Brett. You have given so much that uh, we need to uh, listen again and to digest and Absolutely. see what, yeah, and see what uh, I can hold in myself and what I can put in practice more and more. So thank you a lot, both of you. Of Very course. great. Thank you very much. Om Shanti. We are happy to say it. Happy to, say, to help you. Mm. Sir, Om Shanti. Om Shanti, <laughs> which means just I am a peaceful soul. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Brett, I, want, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, how would you define, if there is any, the connection between your fruitarian lifestyle and barefooting? How do they affect each other? Does barefooting help you maintain your fruitarian lifestyle anyway? And does the fruitarian lifestyle help you maintain your barefooting in any way? So anything related to the connection between those two? Or, or in your opinion, they might just exist separately, like a person, like and there is no connection, which is fine too. Mm. Um, okay. How should I respond to that? I can say they certainly affect each other. Mm -hmm. um, I don't often think of them as in that way. It's, it's they're just things that I do that have meaning to me. They, um, I mean, Mango Wadsack, who was a fruitarian activist and author, is also a full-time barefooter. So when I, after being uh, on the fruitarian path for some years and then getting into barefooting. Um, I said, oh, you know, Mango's been doing that for a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I thought about that. Um, I think it's, they're both just, what I don't say just, they're both practices that affect me, that, that uplift my experience. Um, they have challenges. They both similarly have social challenges. Like, as I mentioned, uh, you know, the fruitarianism doesn't, people don't see you being fruitarian generally. They might see you looking like, you know, I occasionally get someone that clearly is into eating meat and they're like, oh, are you vegetarian? You know, and, and <laughs> I said, oh, no, I'm not. Last time I got that, I said, no, I'm, I'm not vegetarian. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Left it at that. I said, no, sir. <laughs> That was a fun moment. I didn't, That's I didn't create funny. more possibility for conflict. I just, he was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> then why are you so thin? Is what he was thinking, but you know. Uh, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, they, they're both just part of who I am, things that, that hold meaning for me. Uh, there's fraternianism, there's barefooting, there's all the different, um, all the different, you know, limbs of yoga, the, the breathing, the, uh, you know, the, the ethical practices and in, internally and externally, um, mm, 
Yeah, I don't know if, uh, I guess that's all I have at the moment for that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's perfectly fine. And my next question is about uh, if there is, a, if you have noticed any relation between being barefoot and fasting, because you have done those extensive uh, fasting days while doing cascade fasting and maybe some other. So could, did you notice any connection in terms of physical energy, in terms of mental balance, things like that? They support each other very much. Um, in what ways? Yeah, so with fasting, you're sort of, uh, at, well, at, for me anyway, I'm interested in just reaching higher and higher, higher and higher states of, of well-being and uh, homeostasis. I'm interested in potential levels that may be available to me in the future of um, being able to exist without the need for eating food uh, for long periods of time, if not indefinitely. Um, I'm also interested in the possibility of living and being able to stay in this body for as long as I choose to, as long or as short as I choose to. And I think that these are both very much practices that are significant there. Um, in order to be comfortable you know, with fasting, a lot of the time when we start, you know, we have such extreme um, experiences of, of detoxification because people, we just have so much damage and accumulation of waste inside of the body and the body just starts getting rid of all that and fixing all of it up really fast. It's no longer being hindered by this huge weight of digestion um, and even with, without fasting, even with eating only fruit, the digestion is far easier. Um, I would estimate it's 20%, um, of the energy it takes to digest fruit. You know, if you eat only fruit compared to other foods, um, yeah. And so when fasting, you know, but you, you a person eventually gets to a point where they've cleaned up a lot of that and they cleaned up most of it and, and it's fasting is no longer such a physical challenge. Um, and then it's, it's like a practice we get, we get to where it's just easier and easier. Um, as I know that you have some knowledge about Arik and some other people in the group, some experience. Um, uh, so the fruitarianism helps make it easier to fast very much so in these ways. Um, do you have anything you want to add to that? I think, you know, no, no, you're not... uh, no actually I asked about, uh, about being barefoot and uh, fasting, not, uh, not necessarily the fruitarianism. Like, uh, uh, do you have oh, any... I sidetrack, <laughs> my mistake. Yeah, like, like I mean, uh, do you have any experience, uh, did you have any experience fasting before becoming barefoot and after that, and uh, mm, any changes that you have noticed? Helping to, to make overall progress. Mm. Um, you know, it's, 
yeah, when I when I when I'm barefoot and I'm eating fruit, and then I go on a fast, uh, I look and feel much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, officially, I'll be 42. You know, in a few days, and um, and yeah, like. I think with the combination of all the things that I'm doing, I will feel and look to most people like I'm, you know, more like somewhere in my twenties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's complete with, you know, attention I'll get. Uh, I've been living a celibate life for a while, but, you know, it, it I can also, I notice that I'm getting attention from women that are that age you know, when I'm, when I'm appearing and thinking, you know, it's like, they think that that's how old I am. Cause literally that's what my body is that age and in, in pretty much in every way, it seems uh, like, I mean, what is aging really? It, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, um, it's, well, at least for the most part, aging, as far as I can tell is basically, um, it's an accumulation of of waste in the body right, and accumulate right. in the body, right? That is right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, does that answer some of what you're what you're getting yeah. at? Yeah, absolutely, Brett. And my last question, and uh, if other people don't have any questions, we'll just wrap it up on that. What kind of advice would you give to the beginners on this path of uh, barefooting and grounding? How to start? Because if you tell them now to transition to uh, to uh, jump right away to being full time barefoot, um, it might be too high of a gradient for many people. So, mm-hmm. what what would you recommend? How to transition gradually or to whatever whatever it, whatever um, it may be. I think that everyone is uh, unique. Um, you know, we're, we're each having a very different experience. We're, we're a collection of events and memories throughout our lives. And, um, people are, are having a unique experience that's generally very different from the next person. Um, and when I teach, I'm usually more the type of teacher that it's like, let's explore this topic together. Um, I'm not, I, unless it's some sort of emergency, I, I, I avoid telling people what to do, giving any type of advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I to, to tell someone what to do? Um, I, can, I can invite a person that, you know, that if they're interested in these things, that they can continue to think about them and look into the topics and do what you feel is best. And that you're welcome, you know, uh, to be in touch with me, um, you know, for for uh, guidance, coaching, counseling, um, or to just send a message about something else. Um, yeah, I mean, I can also just say that.
I think for me, it's it, in life, it's largely about just finding harmony. Uh, how, what can I do to bring more harmony into my life, into this situation that, uh, that I find myself in, in whatever way? Um, so in terms of barefooting, I mean, yeah, if you want to go through the, the kinds of physical and uh, otherwise transformations that I have described that, that I've gone through uh, with, with barefooting, then I think, yeah, it's necessary to go barefoot full time um, all the time uh, because otherwise we're giving the mixed messages to the, to the body about which shape, what shape it's going to uh, take, but I'm not gonna tell anyone to do that, not mm. by any means. Um, I, I think it would, you know, people can think about what I'm saying. Uh, if someone is moved to, to go full-time barefoot and they find some benefit from uh, what I'm sharing, then I think that's amazing and wonderful. Um, but it's, it's your life, it's your, it's your uh, experience and, and you can choose it. And, you know, I'm, I believe in freedom and I promote it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that I am free and I think that you're free. Beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, we could put uh, maybe below the video in the description, we can put a few of the references, uh, such as the site that you um, mentioned of this barefoot movement. If you have any other references for the people who are interested. Uh, in that, just to get more information, to absorb more knowledge about this phenomena. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We can message each other after about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, so does anyone else have any more questions for Brett? Okay, so probably not. Okay, Brett, so I just, my final, the final topic is uh, I also asked you about that the last time so please tell us a little bit about the services that you provide particularly online services um, if any of our members or, or viewers of this video is interested to contact you how could you help yes thank you um, well I do a variety of things some of which I Let's fix that screen. Some of which I have mentioned and offered throughout the talk already. Uh, I'll review them. Um, I give counseling, uh, coaching on a variety of topics. All the topics we've been talking about here, fruitarianism, um, you know, health coaching in general. Uh, certainly barefooting. Uh, I also teach music. You, if you see on my my um, my podcast is called is called <laughs> Echo Thirteen. I don't know why I was <laughs> this other word that wants to pop out there. That's not what it's called. <laughs> mm. um, it's called Echo Thirteen. The number thirteen. And that is my primary 
avenue that I'm publishing to now. Uh, you can find it wherever there is podcasts uh, being served. I also am starting to, well, I've been, I've been also doing music therapy for some time. Um, but there is a, a form of music therapy in the, in the current age of remote communication that we're in and viruses and all that, uh, wherein if a person is interested, uh, they can ask me and I will, we'll get on a call together and I will either sing for you my wordless um, chanting practice that I do, which is very much a part, very much a part of my grounding uh, <laughs> to further answer that question from before. Um, I will either simply sing for you one-on-one -on -one or one-on a few, uh, or we sing together, call and response, wordless chanting. Uh, so I sing a melody and then you sing back the, the same melody. And we go back and forth like that, similar to what goes on in various religious traditions around the world, except uh, we don't use any words. So it's more available, more, um, more accessible to different people in different walks of life. Mm. Yeah, there's that. Uh, what else? Oh, I mentioned the uh, the bottomless shoes. Um, if you would like me to mail you a pair of those, feel free to email me about any of these things. Uh, again, brettcohensounds at gmail.com. B-R-E-T-C-O-H-E-N-S-O-U-N-D-S at gmail.com. And that will also be in the, um, the description, written in the description. Mm, did I forget anything? No, nope. I remembered everything. <laughs> okay. Okay, Brett. So thank you so, so much. It was eye-opening, inspiring, fascinating. Thank you for sharing with us also your personal story. And uh, yeah, it was really, really touching. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll have you again. I was thinking about maybe sometime from now, make a webinar, if you don't mind, about uh, overcoming maybe emotional challenges or um, mm, like emotional mastery in order to, you know, some, something in this realm, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, to, uh, to go further and do more things together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll definitely keep in touch. And meanwhile, so thank you so, so much again. And thank you very much, everyone who was present tonight and, you know, who was present today. So thank you for listening. Thank you for asking your thoughtful questions. And yeah, and you're just amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Arik. Thank you, everyone. It's, it was a beautiful time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.